0: We need to talk about the motherhood penalty. A penalty that only mothers pay when they become parents. A penalty that strikes your lifetime earnings, your retirement savings, and your career. A penalty that, for me, took me by surprise and off-ramped my first career. My name is Emma McLean, and in this series, we're gonna do just that. We are gonna talk all about the motherhood penalty. Get curious about the system that creates it and talk to experts about what we can do to smash it. It's going to be practical, punchy and peppered with laughter. A little like me. If this sounds good to you, let's get into it. Welcome back to How to Smash the Motherhood Penalty, a podcast where we get curious about this thing called the motherhood penalty Curious about the system that creates it and curious about the solutions that are going to smash it. Today, I am delighted to be back in studio and delighted to be sitting across from Charlotte Ward, Chief People Officer at Kiwi Bank. I am so delighted to have you here, Charlotte. I thought I'd just kick off by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story, however you'd like to introduce yourself. Awesome. Well thank you.
1: I'll start by saying kia ora and thank you so much for having me. I'm actually a fan of the podcast. <laughs>
0: yes, Queen <laughs>
1: And I feel very honoured to be here and being part of this conversation, Mm. actually, because I was just saying to you before, actually, it's awesome to see the different people that you've had so far because it's such a big issue and it's so many things to be said and to talk about. And I'm sure that we won't even get to everything today in the conversation. I'll tune people
0: at maybe two hours, but that's okay. (laughs) That's right. You should (laughs) see all my
1: little scribbly (laughs) notes that I've got of, oh, and this bit's really important. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just such an important conversation. And mm. I just think the fact that we're having, that we're here and we're having the conversation and you've got a podcast and people are listening to it. I just think that's just so awesome. Oh, so Kia ora, thank you so much. Thank you for your work. So yes, so I'm Charlotte and I am really pleased actually to be back in New Zealand. It's three mm. years now that I've been back mm. in New Zealand and at Kiwi Bank. And before that, I had been away traveling for a really long time. I was in Wellington to do law and psychology at university and then I sort of embarked on world travels and left and didn't come back for mm. 13 or 14 years mm. um, after that. And so now I'm just loving being back in New Zealand but also back at a organisation, Kiwi Bank, that I feel really passionate about, mm. you know, helping Kiwi be better off and being part of that mm. is something I'm really passionate about. But it's issues like this actually that I feel that we've all got a part to play in in New Zealand, but also globally as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean, how do you see New Zealand different from where you've lived before in terms of, if we want to do the lens of parents and working?
1: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I've worked in global organisations before I came back to New Zealand. Mm. And what was interesting about that, particularly when you're in global roles, is that you did have to take into account all of the different countries, Mm. the different employment laws, But actually, at the heart of it, there are some things, for example, when it comes to gender issues or ethnicity, Mm. there are some really common themes Mm. around the world. And that is those systematic issues that we are coming face to face with now and actually starting to question, is, is this the right system? And looking, stepping slightly outside of the system too, which I think is helpful. But I think it's also the system exists across the world. And that's what makes it hard. That's what makes it complex. And there's some really specific New Zealand-specific things, but actually gender roles are gender roles across the world.
0: Totally. I mean, I totally agree with that. I'm lucky enough to work globally with one of my clients, Fonterra, Mm. and I've worked with parents pretty much in all their markets, and I totally have experienced the same thing. Yeah. Gendered caregiving norms are even stronger in some countries. Part-time stigmas. (laughs) The fact that only women are doing them, mm-hmm. as you say, this is a global yeah. system thing. That it's okay though, because me and you are on board, and we're going to smash it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and, and so you're back in New Zealand. Mm. Tell me, do you have kids? How does your family work? How? What about all that kind of stuff? Well, it's
1: interesting because I always say to people that I'm lucky. And there's probably a bit to dig into there. (laughs) So when I was in London, I met my wonderful husband, Mm -hmm. who at the time was a film director, but happened to be doing some consulting around communications for the company that I was working in. And then we had lots of awesome adventures together, and we've had three children as well. And when we came to the third child, who's now six... We sort of started thinking, oh, do we want to be in London doing the whole kids on the tube mm. thing? Or do we want to start thinking about coming back to this mm. side of the world? But when I am say I'm lucky, it's because every time that we had a child, because of his career and my career, mm. We actually had the conversation to say, actually, you know, he would be the primary caregiver. Mm. But we were lucky that every time I went on maternity leave, because he owned his own business, Mm. we did it together. Mm. So I don't have the experience that most people have Mm. of one person being at home looking after the baby and the other person being at work. Mm. I am lucky that I have the experience of, you know, two people being in it together and actually having the conversation of who is the right person to be doing this or who is the right person yeah. to be doing
0: that. It's a, You know, it's such a good point and I love your call out. I'm lucky that we could do it together, yeah. but also I'm lucky that we could have the conversation. Mm. And we've talked about this, Right. I just don't think people have the conversation around, hey, honey, we've had a kid, we're both working, how's Mm. our family going to work? And it shouldn't be luck, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We should actually
1: just all know that that's a conversation you have to have. Mm. Mm. And it's a conversation you should have because Mm. we know that all statistics still point to women being the ones that just take it on if you don't have the Mm. conversation. Mostly women will be the default people that take on any unpaid labor, but also the organizing of everything. Mm. And I guess my other factor with me is that he's actually much more organized than me. Mm. Mm. So actually he does do all the organization of the house. Yeah because he is much more skilled at that sort of thing. But that's yeah. also a discussion we've had, like, let's play to our strengths here. I love cooking, and so I'll do the cooking and I'll do the food procurement because I'm curious about that stuff. Great. But, you know, everything else, you'd be in charge of
0: that because yeah. I'll do some work and I'll do the cooking. I think it's such a great approach, right? Mm. A, having the conversation and, you know, acknowledging your luckiness. These conversations can be really hard. They can be really scary. They play to a lot of beliefs that dads might have, that mums might have. But also this whole playing to your strengths, mm. super interesting, right? I think if one person's naturally likes cooking, likes organising, they should own those. But but we it's a team. Mm. It is. It's
1: an absolutely, a, it has to be a team approach. But I feel like because we were already in some ways bucking the gender norms of me being the person that goes to the office. Yeah. And him owning his own business, but having more flexibility at the time. Yeah. That was quite unusual. And actually, our kids are only 11, nine, and six. Mm. But when he was the, in quote, Mark, stay at home dad for the mm. first two, especially in London, mm. he was the only man at the playgroups. He was the only person doing drop offs and pickups from preschool. And actually, it's great that it's slightly changing now. And actually, I think COVID was good for some of these things, mm-hmm. because I think now some of those drop-offs and pickups and things are becoming a bit more balanced. Mm. But it still is amazing how much those gender
0: norms are, are still at play. Mm, totally. I mean, yeah, I did see some terrible thing on Instagram the other day about how even children's books play to these gender norms sometimes. Yeah. Well, they-
1: <laughs> do and schools do, you know, like my daughter yeah. just had a thing at school where mm. they were doing a dance and the boys did this and the girls do this yeah. and the boys line up like this and yeah. the girls line up like this <laughs> and, you know, every everything that happens in our society is sort of built around those gender norms mm. Mm. and if you think about the office and the corporate environment, mm. it is still built around essentially that sort of almost factory mentality of mm. the 1950s or the you know even earlier than that mm. which I think is fascinating that's actually what we're up against because the system wasn't built for us we're talking about gender here today but mm-hmm. it's worth just recognizing that actually a lot of what we're talking about too is behind the barriers that are in place for anybody who is not a man
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be clear <laughs> a white man yeah <laughs>
1: There's this really great book. I don't know if you've read it. But it's by Michelle Peking called The Fix. I, I love everything about the book. But one of the analogies she uses, which I think is great, is Don Draper from Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And she says basically, <laughs> workplaces are built for Don Drapers. And I think that is so true. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't benefit anybody yeah. because it doesn't benefit the man either. Because the Don Draper will sleep on his couch working all day and night. And, you know, that is not, I think, what a lot of men want to be doing either. But that's the definition of success. That's the definition that we've all got in our heads of what, you know, a leader looks like or what a workplace looks like but it's so weird because it is actually very outdated.
0: Oh, it's totally true. And I love the book, The Fix. I'll put it in the show notes. Everyone should read it. She's an inspiration. You know, Michelle talks about don't fix women, fix the system. Yeah. And and this is exactly what I'm trying to create in this podcast series is agitators for change in the system. There's nothing wrong with mums. There's nothing wrong with dads. It's the system we're working in. No one's thriving, Mm. right? But unfortunately, in this system... Fathers tend to do better from a money perspective, if we're being real. And mothers, you know, on average and not not in your experience, there's this thing called the motherhood penalty, right? Mm. And so I guess when I say those words, motherhood penalty, what do you think of?
1: So I think of the motherhood penalty is being one of those features that arises Mm. from the systematic inequality Mm. that we're talking about. And I think one of the dangerous things is um, denying that it exists. Mm. So I can look at someone with my experience, and yes, I have risen to an executive role. So, you know, did I suffer the motherhood penalty or not? I don't think that I can say that I haven't. Mm because that would be denying that that inequality mm. exists. Mm-hmm. And there are still a lot of things that I'm playing into the gender role, even at work. Mm. You know, I'm in HR. I'm in a pink job. Mm. Um, so mm. but I think that the mother penalty to me definitely exists, and I think we need to remember that, because mm. there are still people that think that it doesn't mm. exist or that mm-hmm. gender inequality doesn't exist. Mm. And I think that it is a result of the system that we have in place that looks at, you know, what, is, what does an ideal workplace look like? What mm. does an ideal leader look like? Mm. And how should people and how do people progress through
0: organisations? Mm. Wow, I just want to sit with that for a bit. There's a lot of truth in that, right? And there's a lot of courage and honesty in that. So thank you for bringing that. I think you, you bring up a really curious point for me that some people don't think it exists. Mm. What do you think it is that makes people think that? Like, what what is it that people are experiencing or seeing that makes them think this is not real?
1: I think that's a really good question. I probably don't know the answer mm. to all of that, but you certainly do hear people saying, Oh, well, why are we still talking about gender yeah.
0: equality?" It's, yeah, it's yeah,
1: you know,
0: it's not it's, that again. <laughs> <How many, laughs> yeah. t- Haven't we? Isn't there? Haven't we? Yeah. That
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, so people definitely do say that, and there are areas where they could point to that we've made progress. yeah, but I think one of the things I've anecdotally noticed is that women in senior leadership positions do tend to have something a bit abnormal. Like for me with my husband yes. being the primary caregiver, Yes. if you look around, yes. people particularly on executive teams will not be the primary mm. caregiver mm. in a mm. sort of way that's still slightly unusual or they might not have children mm. or they might you know, somehow be sticking to the norms or the stereotypes of what that successful organisation or successful yeah. leader
0: Yeah looks like yeah no I, t- I totally agree It's about your own lived experience mm-hmm. right and I also think I mean I I do experience people some of my friends I feel they don't really think the motherhood penalty exists but I and for me I think one of the reasons why that emerges is I think we tell ourselves that mm. we tell ourselves that we just haven't got it right that we're not doing it the proper way. A lot of my clients, actually, they say to me, you know, I prefer to do everything at home because he doesn't do it right. Okay, so that's yeah. a story we tell ourselves. And I think then it becomes this narrative of choice. But it's not a choice. It's not a choice. <laughs> do you know what? Like, it's And this is complicated. And we may be talking in tongues here, but for me, this is a really complicated thing. It's about beliefs. It's around how we were brought up. And it's about what we see everywhere reflected in the media. Mm. So, yeah, I, I want to thank you for bringing that to the table because I do see that. And I encourage people to get curious about this, if you believe that, because I think that we need to be in a place of curiosity, not defensiveness, in order to do system change. So yeah, that's what I'm it's, trying to create.
1: You know, it's not. Something that we're doing wrong. It's not something that organisations are doing wrong. Like I said, it's just something that happens globally. Yeah, (laughs) it's not a one organisation or a one country or totally. It's it's something that exists and is out there and is a symptom of something much bigger. Totally. So, and you know, Kiwi Bank, I'm really proud of a lot of great things we're doing, but we haven't solved it. Mm, 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 And mm. we there's things that we can do together, and we probably need. Lots of people, and that's why I love your podcast, mm. it's like it's having the conversation, mm. it's bringing some of these things that we don't talk about mm. out into the
0: open. Because mm. mm. that's the first step. Yes, Queen. Is being aware of it. Yes. What do you think some of the solutions are to smashing the system that creates this penalty? Why don't we start with, you know, what's your approach at Kiwi Bank? I think the general intention needs to be to question the way
1: the workplace works and whether that is the right way to Mm. continue Mm. to do those things. And I think we're really lucky that we got an opportunity Mm. with COVID Mm. of saying, well, actually, does everyone need to be in the office Mm. from nine to five? Mm. Or does everybody need to be in that role doing that exact thing Mm. at the same time? So I think flexible working is a huge opportunity because that creates space for Mm. women and men Mm. and everybody to be thinking about what are the roles that they're playing at work and what are the roles that they're playing at home and how do you fit it all in together Mm. so I think one of the best things that we can all do is to think about work in terms of what outcomes do you want to achieve rather than productivity or sitting at a desk and how many hours are you sitting at the desk for? and and yeah. you know do you have your <laughs> blazer on the back of a chair to show that you're there, or do you know do you feel like you need to wait till the clock ticks over until five? So what are the opportunities we have for flexible working? So mm. at Kiwi Bank, we are really trying to look at what uh, um what can we do from a Kiwi Bank as a whole, from a teams mm. as a whole, and then from people mm. as a whole. So we talk about the lens of KB me, we. Mm. So we need to make sure we're getting the right outcomes for our customers and for our teams Mm -hmm. as well as ourselves. Mm. But how can we be flexible within that Mm. in terms of, you know, what days you work from home or not? Mm. But also what are the hours? Mm. What are the ways of looking at your work Mm. so that you can make sure that you achieve outcomes at all those three Mm. levels? So we have been really looking at flexible working as, um, you know, one of those things that... Is a tool for people who are parents, but actually everybody, absolutely to be more effective at work but also more effective at home as well.
0: I love that, right. Thinking, does it have to be this way? Questioning stuff. And I think that's the, something that I encourage all my clients to do is just ask the questions. It's about challenging stuff that we've always done, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And I think.
1: The other really important thing that we're doing at Kiwi Bank, which needs to sit behind all of this, is creating a culture where we can all belong. Mm. So, we've been on a big journey to define what the culture is we want to create for people to do their best work. Mm. And we asked everybody, Mm. we had over 2,000 conversations with people and said, when you are doing your best work, what is happening for you? Mm. And we came up with these four pillars. And one of them is that we need to create a place to belong. Mm. which means that you can have conversations like that Mm. when you are doing Mm. that well. Mm. It means you can say, hey, do we need to do it like this? Mm. And that's Mm. beneficial for so many Mm. things to do with work, Mm. but it's also beneficial for the topic we're talking about, which is, hey, you know, I I usually come in at 8.30, can I come in at 7.30 and then go a bit earlier Mm. so I can do school Mm. pickup? And I think the other important thing that we need to call out is that you can do that visibly by putting new policies in place, mm. but the invisible barriers that can be in place sometimes are the harder ones to mm. get to, mm. which is the mindset. So it's the, mm. you know, you were saying before, it's the manager that might see the policy, but go, oh, no, that doesn't apply here. Mm-hmm. So we, we've always come in at 8.30. So yeah, so I think it's important for organisations that We can put policies in place and we can talk about things, but you also need to make sure that you're creating the culture where it actually happens and that people have the mindsets Mm -hmm. in place so that that conversation is a comfortable one and that people are thinking, oh, actually, maybe I can do that a different way.
0: Yeah. I love that. Like policies, but this enabling culture, right? And Mm. I love belonging as the fulcrum for that, right? Because... In my work, one of the biggest things I have when I work with parents returning to work is they often feel alone. They often feel like I'm the only one that feels guilty for leaving my six-month-old at a childcare for nine hours a day. I'm the only one that feels guilty for letting my team down when my kid is sick. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, when we talk about stuff, we realize we're not alone. And it's about creating these safe spaces where I can ring up my manager and say, this guts me. But my baby is sick again and I can't come to work. Full stop silence. Not like, I'll do it anyway, I'll work all night and da-da-da-da-da. Like, what, how do you create that? How do you create this relationship between the parent and the manager or the team leader so that... There's this relationship where I can be myself. I don't have to lie. How do you do that, do you reckon?
1: I oh, know. <laughs> Just a, on,
0: answer on one page, please, Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. I think it's important to say we.
1: Should, <laughs> I certainly don't have everything right here or all mm, the answers mm, mm. because that's that's hard. I think you do need to have the organisational support for example in that scenario. Yeah. We have moved to what we call supported leave, mm. so away from the Beautiful. 10 days of sick leave to the, well, do you know what? Actually, we trust you that you are doing the right thing and there might be lots of different reasons you need leave mm. and let's have a conversation about it. And as long as you're reasonable, mm. actually we recognise, and especially during COVID, we recognise that you might be fine to work, but actually you've got three kids to look after mm. today mm. in lockdown and do their homeschooling and mm. all of that sort of thing. Mm. So actually those conversations helped us to realise mm. that actually you can bundle all your compassionate leave and domestic leave Mm. and sick leave all together and just recognise there are times where people can't bring themselves to work and do the job. So I think you need to have the policies that support that, but then you need to have a manager who's capable and has the mindset to be able to Mm. lead that
0: conversation Mm. Totally. And I think all the clients I work with, you know, this is the most important thing. Yeah. Like that. the managers that we return to, our people leaders, our team leaders, they have a massive impact on our experience at work when we're riding the roller coaster of never-ending sicknesses. Uh (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, it's it's hard for a manager. Like a manager is a really tough role, right? Yes.
1: Especially if you're a manager of, you know, a a contact centre or something where you've just got demands coming at you all the time Mm. and sometimes it's hard to have those conversations Mm. because you know oh the team's got to perform the team's gonna Mm. you know be one person down Mm. so there is a role for the organization to be providing managers with the support that they need to be able to feel really well equipped to have those conversations and come to solutions and again that's actually really hard to do and especially if you're a small business yes. where actually that is very difficult for somebody who has a sick child all the time mm. and um, that's going to start to really impact you. So there's always these things that people are balancing. So again, I just come back to you just got to be able to have the conversation. Yep. It's got to have a safe space to have a conversation mm. and it's not always going to be great. It's not always going to be no. a really good outcome if you've got a sick child again and again and again, but yeah. you need to be able to have the conversation totally. and feel safe to do so.
0: Totally. And I I, I also wanted to talk to what you said, like, being a manager is a really hard job. Mm. Thank you for saying that. Because there are so many demands on you. You may or may not have experienced parental leave yourself. Yeah, You may or may not have children. And... It's really it's really important to invest in our managers and our leaders because they all want to do an amazing job, but it gets darn complicated, doesn't it? It really does. You know? (laughs) It
1: really gets really, really hard. And I think one of the other things we're doing at Kiwi Bank is we are doing leadership development for everybody. Mm. So sometimes I think there's a real downside to doing leadership development only for your most senior leaders Mm. because then you're missing the most critical mass of yes. your organization yes and I think you need to start with well how do I manage myself first before I then ask my manager to do it so you know we I think as organizations have the responsibility to support everybody yes to develop skills around managing themselves and, yes and being a great team member as well as yes
0: being a manager I love that as well I, I think I think we're all leaders right like because yeah, we we're lead, all leaders we lead we lead cultures, environments, processes, experiences, atmospheres. And yep. if you're a parent, you're definitely a leader because if you can get three children out of the door before 7.30 in the morning, you're a guru. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and we are all creating a culture. Yeah, And w- whichever
1: organisation we're part of or whatever mm. group we're part mm. of, mm. we are creating a mm. culture. Mm. It can't be done by just a couple of people. Totally. It's actually everybody. So even if you're not a leader, even if you're not senior, you have a role to play in how are you creating those safe spaces for people to just be able to say what's going on for them. Totally agree. Love
0: it. Love that approach. What about at a macro level, Charlotte? Like at a kind of societal government level, what are some of the solutions to smashing this penalty that it's only mothers are experiencing?
1: Well, I think that And people have already talked about it on your podcast Mm. today. I think we need to look at how we support parenthood Mm. differently, Mm. you know, at a societal level. Mm. Because it's not one thing that one organisation or one group of people can do. Mm. So I think that's where the opportunity Mm. at a government level is there. And I think as well at a sort of societal level, mm. there's something about how do we define success because the motherhood penalty is all about women only getting to a certain level of their career mm. and that therefore stops them from earning as much, it stops them from progressing, it stops mm. them from being promoted. Mm. Why is that? Mm. What is it about the system or society that tells us what somebody needs to look like to, or to do to be a successful leader. Like, why are only such a small percentage of women CEOs Mm. or senior leaders? Mm. What's behind that? Mm. And Mm. I think it is some of those things that are very tangible, Mm. like the parental leave policies, Mm. but it's also, again, those invisible barriers that we have in place about how we view women and what their role is in society Mm. or what a successful leader looks like.
0: Mm. I
1: think there's still... Just a lot of research that shows that when you say leader, put mm-hmm. you a successful leader. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, And yeah. you yeah. don't also don't you don't want to ask any AI tool that because they yeah. come back with a man. Well,
1: exactly. It's <laughs> not a woman with kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're right. One thing I know Kiwi Bank does, and I wanted to explore it a bit more with you, was like one of my pet sort of arrows I like to push is that as a senior person myself. I want to be able to build my career while mm. I'm a parent, not sidestep it. Yeah. And well, I noticed that, you, that you've that you made an appointment of someone who is in a quite senior role, but on reduced hours. Yeah. We need
1: more of that, right? We absolutely <laughs> do. We absolutely do. Why, why are we saying that to be a successful leader or to be a successfully highly paid person, you need to be you know, in your desk yes. nine to five and, you know, working full hours yes. and that's absolutely the definition that we have at leader of leaders in our mind at yes. the moment. So true. And it needs to be for women and, and men. men. So we need to celebrate our men who are doing part time or compressed hours. So we do also have at Kiwi Bank men who are doing, you know, four days a week, specifically for the purpose of, you know, that's on that day I go and do nursery pickups or Mm -hmm. on that day it's really important for me to be with my family and we Mm -hmm. need to celebrate that Mm -hmm. as much as we celebrate the women doing that because we can't this isn't a woman only thing Mm -hmm. this isn't a problem that can be solved just by women or by women doing the part-time roles Mm -hmm. we actually need men to be celebrated for Mm -hmm. adjusting the way they do their work so that they can fit in the important family time or that unpaid work that we talk about too. That's actually the only way that we're going to get the equality. We also used to, a number of years ago, we used to go out and advertise certain roles in our organisation as being great for mums because they have got flexible hours or you can do them part-time. And now we find that we've got a huge number of women in those roles. But what I really want to do is say, well, actually, they're really good for men as well mm-hmm. because men want flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like, let's remember that we need to not stereotype the men into gender roles. They also need to take roles. people to orthodontist appointments. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> and actually, it shouldn't just be certain roles that are suitable for women or people that want to do part-time work. It should be all roles. We mm-hmm. should be creating a workplace that is actually family-friendly and, and, you know, lots of other life friendly for everybody. Works for everyone.
0: Yeah. You know, that's what we need. And I, oh, I just love that so much, you know. And I love what you said, like, we should be celebrating dads that are doing this kind of work or, or men in general with other life, you know, requirements. Hmm. And, but actually success is not celebrating it, right? Yeah. Success is, it's just the way it is. It's yeah. just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Dad always picks me up from school or, you know, that's just the way it is. And I think that's where I want to get to is like that this just becomes normal. Mm. This is how we can build our career. And as someone who has come through really hard times with young kids, and my kids are now all older, you you get freed up. This changes. It's not forever, yeah. right? But we need these solutions for these portions in our career where the risk is, it's the mum that drops out. Mm. Absolutely. And they shouldn't have to drop
1: out. Mm. No one should have to drop out. Mm. We should be able to have an identity as a mother, but also an identity as a, you know, successful person at work, whatever you're Mm. doing at work. But there's an interesting thing here about your identity as a mother takes over everything else. And we should be able to account for somebody to be able to play lots of different roles, not just the role of the mother.
0: Totally. And also just not forget who we were in the first place. Well, exactly.
1: <laughs> Hopefully you'll still have time to do all the other things that you love to do as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I do now. I have started up tennis again. Not a good game, but you yeah. know. Um, no, I think identity is massive for parents and I think that's really, really important. So yeah. I love that. Final question for you, my friend. If I gave you a magic wand... And there was one thing, you know, whether that's societal, whether that's from an employer perspective, parents' perspective, that you think would have the biggest impact in sort of smashing this penalty that in a system no one's thriving in but really mums are paying the penalty in terms of reduced salary, retirement savings and career prospects. What do you think it would be?
1: I think it really is about reimagining the workplace and how we can design a place of work that works for everyone Mm. because there is ways that we could do things differently Mm. but we all need to get behind that Mm. and realise that we'll have to think about things a bit differently Mm. so it's about those visible things it's about thinking about your policies about things like leave and parental leave sick leave Mm. hours but it's also about the less visible things, like mm. what are the mindsets or stereotypes that we're all holding mm. about what a successful person looks like in that mm. particular role mm. or what a good worker looks like or what success looks like, mm. which is what makes it really hard, right, mm. because it's not mm. all one thing. So mm. my magic wand is a really all-encompassing. <laughs> You're allowed to do that. It's fine. It's a magic huge, wand. Yeah. huge, huge <laughs> magic wand. That's right. And I I think part of it starts with looking at outcomes, not productivity. Yeah. It starts with looking at what does success look like in this role, Mm. which might not depend on experience that you've had or number of hours that you do Mm. or where you do them. Mm. It can look like, you know, doing these few things successfully Mm. over X period of time. Mm. And that actually feels very achievable to me.
0: Mm. I love that. Reimagining the workplace, right? And reimagining what success is. Mm. And I think that is so powerful because as you alluded to earlier, the workplace is designed for a completely different world that we are currently now living in. And again, to quote Michelle, you know, the system is not working for anyone mm. and we need to reimagine. And when I look around New Zealand there's just not enough reimagining. Yeah. I mean, that might be really harsh, and I know it's hard, but, you know, I still have clients who are like, you know, well, my manager said I could work flexibly, but I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just so I think so that's my challenge is for people to be inspired to reimagine, to question why are we doing things like that? Yeah, and it needs to be
1: everybody reimagining it. It, It's not just a job for women or mothers. Yes, it actually needs to be all of it. And some of the things that I've been talking about that we've done in Kiwibank, we've been able to do that because we've had support from you know people on our board, our CEO, executive team, who are not just females Mm. more mothers Mm. you know they're actually people who are interested in creating an environment for people to be able to do Mm. their best work Mm. and that's what we need Mm. Um, but it's not commonly appreciated Mm. or recognized Mm. that actually this is work for not just women Mm. we've got a women's network Mm. and we decided to have sponsors for that executive team sponsors and we announced that it was me and our and another executive team member who is a male. And we actually had some people saying, why, why would a male be a co-sponsor of a woman's network? And I thought that was so interesting because, first of all, that male looks after the technology part of our business, which is an area where we critically need to get more females mm. in. And I know you had Priscilla, who mm. we work with, talking about that. But second of all, if we don't all do this together, mm. then we're not going to be successful.
0: Totally agree. Welcome. Welcome, <laughs> all men listening. I hope there's a lot of you. Again, this is not about getting defensive because it's not commentary on individuals. This is the soup we're all swimming in, right? This is the system we're all swimming in. And um, I've quoted it before, but brilliant book by Anne-Marie Slaughter called Unfinished Business, and she says, the next phase of the women's revolution is a man's revolution. And it's true, right? And we, this is no more International Women's Day with a room full of women. Okay, it's coming up, March the 8th. (laughs) (laughs) Think different. Hire me. Uh, No, but um, I do think, I think we all are part of the solution. We all need to get curious. We all need to understand the lived experience, the challenges we have. And um, I'm not saying that's easy, but let's lean into this hard work. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, my friend so much wisdom. Thank you for sharing your story. I know so many people will have got so many gems from this. The power of flexible working outcomes versus sitting at a desk. Culture of belonging. Sign me up. Thinking of differently about different leave. Thinking differently about the workplace. Thinking differently about roles that can work in reduced hours, even senior ones. I think there's a really a lot to be inspired. Thank you for caring about this stuff Thank you for doing things differently. I know you're not there yet. I feel like I'm an election campaign proposal here. But um, (laughs) I know you're not there yet. But I think we have to be honest about where we are and what we think we can do to get us further. And that's what I've heard from you. So thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be part of the conversation. Love it.
1: We could have talked for hours, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) We'll do that later. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you were inspired as I did. There's a lot to think about this. You probably want to listen to this twice. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. My aim here is to amplify stories, to help people see themselves in these stories, and also to inspire people to ask better questions at work, because we need everyone to be curious. So um, have a fantastic rest of your day, and onwards and upwards this podcast was funded by works for everyone a business that is dedicated to supporting working parents and to smashing the motherhood penalty if this is also your jam let's stay connected we're on facebook and instagram just look for us works for everyone and if you want more information on how we help businesses put a care wrap around their employees check us out on worksforeveryone.co.nz Or if none of these work for you, in the weekends you can find me, Emma McLean, the founder of Works for Everyone, in the queue at Pack and Save Royal Oak or Kmart St Luke's. Onwards!